hello again. Uh, welcome back uh, to my to my podcast, uh, Capped Off here. Uh, my name is Michael McCullum, and today my podcast is going to be about scrum myths and misconceptions. I picked 10. I don't know. There's probably more than that out there, but I got 10. 10 good ones, 10 juicy ones for us to talk about today. Um, maybe I'll do more in another one. There's so many myths and misconceptions out there. Uh, but let's talk, let's tackle these, this, the, the ones that I've got here now. So, um, here are the, here are the myths and mis- misconceptions that I hope to tackle on this podcast. First is, uh, everyone does everything. In other words, you know, we have cross-functional teams and of course this means that everyone does all, has all the skills and if anybody needs to pitch in on any type of work, anyone should be able to do that. That's one, one myth. Uh, The next is the whole team must be 100% committed to the team or the product. Um, Next, uh, I'm going to talk about the Scrum Master uh, running the daily Scrum. So the daily Scrum must be run and facilitated by the Scrum Master uh, for it to be effective. So they have to be present. The next one I'll talk about is Agile does not recognize blank role. For example, Agile does not or Scrum does not recognize the project management role. Um, next, I'm going to talk about uh, sprint zero and hardening sprints. So, you know, how scrum teams kick off projects or when they finish them off and get ready to deploy, you know, hardening sprints and sprint zero. Uh, next one I'll talk about is, um, you know, that uh, you may, teams may only release at the end of a sprint. And so, you know, you got to wait and that's when uh, releases may occur if you so choose. Uh, next, I'll talk about pigs and chickens at the Daily Scrum that, you know, anyone can show up, but you have to know who the pigs are and who the chickens are. Uh, I'll talk next about uh, how Scrum, is another misconception, Scrum means that there is no documentation. No need to write it anymore. They don't write it in Scrum. Uh, next, uh, the sprint review is just for feedback from your customers so they can give you feedback on how you're doing. Uh, finally, uh, the, um, the final myth I'm going to talk about or misconception is that the scrum master's primary role is to remove any and all impediments they encounter or that are brought to their intention. They go off and they remove those impediments. So there's the 10 I'm going to talk about. Uh, so let's, let's just kick it off and start with the first one here. Uh, the, the, um, the notion that, you know, you'd have a cross-functional team where, Everyone does everything. And this can be the impression that, um, that you know, you want people to become this cross-skilled group. Uh, but that's actually not what cross-functional means. And, and um, so it's important to note that cross-functional means that the team has all of the skills, but the team could be all made up of specialists who, are, who have unique skills on the team. So Scrum doesn't demand that everyone does everything or everyone is cross-skilled. Um, there are advantages if people do have more than one skill for sure. And so it's not, it's not as though Scrum says you may not, or you want to avoid having people become or be cross-skilled. It's just, it's not a rule of Scrum. Um, you know, if, if you actually look at, uh, some of the history of where Scrum came, if you look at sort of the history of Toyota and self-organization and the team structure there, um, they do have a measure of cross-skill and cross-function. And so, you know, in many cases, I think for a lot of teams, you know, having a measure of being cross-skilled is probably, 
a natural side effect of working together as a cross-functional self-organizing team. Um, it, it's not necessarily something that everyone has to do and that, or, or in fact, that, um, er, any one person would have the skills for every type of work or every skill on the team. Um, you know, what you'll tend to see are sort of, you know, uh, areas of skill that are close together that may start to cross. And when I say cross, it doesn't mean they necessarily replace each other. It's just, they start to have an overlap. Um, the simple examples might be, if you think like, uh, like an analyst and a tester, um, some of those, sometimes those roles may start to blur and start to, um, you know, analysts may think about tests, uh, testers start thinking about, uh, you know, analysis requirements. You know, it's, it's just a natural side effect of teams working together. Importantly, um, even if the skills aren't shared, um, what you do want, or you want your whole team to develop an appreciation and an understanding of all of the work and the skills that do go into building the product. I mean, this is so important for teams so that they, um, you know, they, they understand the work and they can also anticipate and see challenges uh, that might affect the sprint goal. All right, so there it is. No, everyone does not do everything. Um, if everyone does, awesome. You don't have to, though, focus on that or ensure that it happens uh, for Scrum. All right, the next one. Uh, the whole team must be 100% committed to the team 100% of the time. Um, again, this is a, this is a myth. Um, there are distinctive, definite advantages. Like if you have a team that's uh, persistent, it's there all the time. There are enormous advantages enormous efficiencies for it. There's, you know, swapping people out is costly. It is very costly and it's, um, you know, um, the, the, the team dynamics can shift dramatically as well when you replace people or you move people out. So it's, um, it's not, it's not to be done lightly. Um, but, um, the, the point is with scrum, scrum, it's not mandated that everybody has to be hundred percent for all time. So what this means is, is that, and you know, and, and in certain cases, you know, there's certain specialties where it's just not practical or, you know, or viable sometimes to have, you know, the skill 100% on the team. Um, on top of that, you know, um, it, it sometimes it becomes necessary for members of the team to be assigned somewhere else or there's some other type of work that they need to contribute to um, another product team. I mean, this will happen. And so, you know, uh, Scrum is not it needs to live in these ecosystems and in, in a world where this is going to happen is just a reality and it's not a rule. Um, again, if you can keep a relatively, you know, persistent team that's um, working on the product, that's being effective, you know, you don't want to change that. Uh, you don't want to rip it apart. You don't want to swap it out. Um, but it's not a rule of Scrum that it must be. Um, okay, so that was number two. So let's go on to the third one. The scrum master runs the daily scrum or, you know, the scrum master must be there to facilitate the daily scrum. Um, this is another myth. So in fact, the scrum master is not required for the daily scrum. Uh, if they are at the daily scrum, what they're doing is helping to ensure that it's happening and happening effectively for the team. And so that may mean uh, teaching the team. It may be uh, coaching the team on the daily scrum. It may simply be observing. Um, the daily scrum uh, to ensure that it's actually being a hap it's happening and it's and it's effective for the team. Um, I will I will typically recommend that most scr that scrum masters uh, intentionally not attend periodically. Uh, I'll also suggest that they show up late periodically. 
Um, and and if people, if the team is waiting for them, you know, they want you want to be sure. And if you are a scrum master, you want to be sure to remind the team that they don't need to wait for you. It's not the meeting isn't for you. It's not status for the scrum master. It's a planning meeting for the team where you're you're inspecting and adapting your sprint backlog as a team and understanding where your work is at and coming up with a plan for the day. So there you go. So if you're a scrum master, you do not need to attend the daily scrum every day. You do need to attend it once in a while though. I want to be careful here. It doesn't mean you never attend it. You gotta, you gotta be helping the team ensuring that it's happening well, and you gotta have an idea of what's going on in the daily scrum, but you're not running this at all. So, okay, let's move on to number four. Number four is agile or scrum does not recognize this role, any kind of role. And so sometimes people will say, you know, Agile or Scrum does not recognize the project manager role or whatever. Um, let's unpack it. Um, let's unpack it this way. I'll start with first with Agile. Um, you know, Agile doesn't really reference any roles. So to say it doesn't recognize a role is a little strong. Um, saying, saying it doesn't recognize a role also makes it sound as though it, it, it asserts that no other roles can exist except Agile roles, which the Agile manifesto simply doesn't state. It doesn't list any roles at all, in fact. Um, Scrum does list some roles, and it lists the roles that are in Scrum. Um, so you have Scrum Master, Product Owner, and Development Team. Now, Scrum also says that it's a framework, and this means that you're intended to build on top of it. So Scrum doesn't say, oh, you can have no other roles in the world except for those defined in the Scrum framework. It simply says, for Scrum to exist and for you to enact Scrum, you need these three roles, and you need them to be applied effectively. So Agile and Scrum... Although they don't define any other roles, it, it certainly doesn't mean that they they will ignore or will not recognize other roles that exist in companies that need to be there. So, um, so there's another myth. Um, let's move on here. Let's do the next one here. So this is um, you know you know Scrum teams, right? So there's sometimes there's this uh, notion that um, well because Scrum. You know, Scrum is a framework. It uh, defines, you know, what happens at the sprint. So obviously the way to get ready for your first sprint would be to have a sprint zero. We'll have our first sprint will be, you know, geared, or, geared around getting the team together, getting your product backlog all set up, refined, you know, maybe um, the team getting ready with some environments and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and the team will have daily scrums and sort of work, work through like their plan, having a, you know, sprint backlog, working through all of this stuff. Okay, so this is a uh, this is a myth, right? So you don't. This is not part of Scrum at all. Um, many will call it an anti-pattern, actually, of Scrum. Uh, so Scrum is is meant for um, you know managing complexity. It's not simply a way of just other another way of chunking up work and managing it. It's meant for dealing with complexity and product development and. Um, you know, applying it here, I think, is uh, is uh, not only do I think it, it's it's not part of Scrum. There's no Sprint Zero in Scrum. Um, I will often suggest that you don't do it, um, although it's not it's not necessarily um, horrible. Not really breaking a rule of Scrum. Scrum doesn't say you can't have a Sprint Zero, but I find it's actually um, it's inappropriate to be applying it to this type of work. The type of work where you know you're you know, you're, you're kind of just sort of managing through more of a linear plan on getting getting some environments together and getting yourself set up as a team. Um, it's not really geared towards, you know, what's, what Scrum is really meant for. So so anyway, 
So Sprint Zero is not part of Scrum, and it's not how Scrum teams kick off a new project. They do have to do things, but it doesn't need to be run through with Scrum. Um, now, the next one is a hardening sprint at the end. I'm going to bolt this one on here, right? So the Sprint Zero to kick things going, and then a hardening sprint before you release, or a deployment sprint. I've seen this one. I've heard this too. Um, well, this is just flat out... Well, it's, it's a reflection of some, um, you know, bad habits. So if I hear this hardening sprint, you sort of ask yourself, well, what were you doing every sprint before that? Like, were you calling your work done? And if it was done, then what, what are you hardening? What are you adding to harden your product, your increment now? Um, so this is, this simply sounds like, you know, uh, undone work, um, that is now being done. Uh, so that people are getting ready for a sprint or for a release. So again, not part of Scrum at all. Hardening sprints and sprint zeros, not part of Scrum. Okay, let's move on to the next one. So can you can only release at the end of the sprint. So, you know, um, you have to wait to the sprint. The reason for the sprint review at the end is so everybody can look at it and say, yep, we like that and should we ship it? And if the answer is yes, off it goes, off to market. Um, so this is, this is yet again, uh, a myth. Um, so scrum doesn't say you have to wait until the end of the sprint. It in fact, doesn't tell you when to release. It simply says when it's, when the product owner decides, right? It's up to the product owner to decide when to release. Um, and that could actually be before the end of the sprint. In fact, that could happen every 10 minutes through the life of the sprint or every minute. Um, so a team could actually be working with uh, continuous delivery, um, continually updating production, moving product increments to market um, at the request of the product owner. And at the end of the sprint, what you have is a potentially releasable increment. Now, potentially releasable could mean that, well, could we release it if it's done? Yeah, and the product owner thought so, yes, but it doesn't mean that it already hasn't been released. So what you, what um, the subject of the sprint review could actually be looking at, uh, you know, done, uh, done work, but also not just done, but also released. It's already been released uh, to market. Um, finally, I mean, you don't have to release it in the sprint either. I mean, you can also wait. You could wait many sprints. So you could release every minute or you could wait, you know, six months potentially, right? I mean, heaven forbid six months, but, you know, or, or let's say three or four sprints uh, before actually an actual release to market. Uh, so the sprint boundary is is meant for, um, it's a regular cadence, but also for that sprint review, that regular review of the, of the increment is to inspect and adapt the product. Where is it at? Are we moving in the right direction? Do we need to change course? It's not meant as a, um, sort of a, a go, no go for a release by any stretch. So let's keep going to the next one. And the next one I have are pigs and chickens at the daily scrum. There used to be a story people would tell about who could cover the daily scrum and how they were to behave. And in the story, they talked about pigs and chickens. And this pig and a chicken talking about making breakfast. And as I recall, the breakfast was going to be bacon and eggs. And uh, the, the, um, it was something about the pig saying that, you know, um, that, that they, you know, that fundamentally the pig is committed, the chicken is just interested. And, um, you know, the, the, the context here is that the pig is, you know, obviously ham and eggs, right? So he's going he's gonna to be giving up a lot more, 
right? So that um, so he has more say essentially in the breakfast. But at the Daily Scrum, the point of this is is that the only people who are talking are the pigs. So the pigs are the people who have skin in the game. In other words, they have work in the plan. And chickens, any chickens who show up aren't allowed to talk. They just have to stand there and listen, pay attention, um, you know, respond as needed. Now, um, this is just not true. So, like, so let's let's move let's let's keep going here. So this this whole notion about inviting other people to the to the daily scrum, pigs and chickens, or whoever else, um, is not what you is not part of scrum uh, by any stretch. The only people who can be at the daily scrum are the development team and scrum master. And as I just mentioned, the scrum master doesn't need to be there all of the time. So really, this is a meeting almost exclusively for the development team. <clears throat> now, the development team, um, you know, it's their plan. It's a working meeting for them to look and understand where they're at with their, their, their sprint backlog, talk through challenges, understand if they need to make adjustments. It's a short meeting, so they don't have a lot of time. And on top of that, having people sort of show up and observe uh, will quickly change the focus of this meeting to be something where people are servicing people in the room. So for instance, a product owner shows up or a development manager or whomever, um, the team can suddenly start to feel like they need to be servicing or get providing status to uh, outside of the team, up and out. So um, these are the reasons why you don't want this to happen. So there's no pigs or chickens in Scrum. Uh, the daily scrum is for the development team. The scrum master is there once in a while. He needs to be sure, he or she needs to be there to ensure that it's happening and happening appropriately, but they're not running it. It is the development team that is there. So, okay. Uh, what do we got? Three more to go. So let's talk about scrum and agile, meaning no documentation. Um, some of this, um, there's there's two perceptions. There's reasons where this perception came from, and and in fact, in some cases, I'm going to cover this quick. Is or that um, I've seen some teams and some people use agile Scrum, agile and or Scrum, as an excuse to go ad hoc, and in fact, do no documentation and do follow no process and uh, have no standards. And so this is actually in some ways um, a uh, well. You know, um, an impression that people have gotten honestly, but it's not not the right impression of Scrum or Agile. And so I want to clear this up because in some cases it, it does happen, but it doesn't mean that's what Scrum or Agile is meant to be. In fact, Scrum and Agile are highly disciplined ways of working. There is documentation. Um, you'll tend to need less um, and you're, you'll tend to do it more frequently. Um, and you see, you tend to need to need less. You'll do it more frequently, which also mean that it'll look like you're, you're, you're doing less, but in fact, you're doing as much diligence, if not more than you would have if you'd done it all at once. So, so scrum and agile, yes, there is documentation. Now, you know, there's a couple of things. So if you read the, um, the agile manifesto and the, you know, the second, the second value statement where. You know, it's a working software is more important than, you know, uh, comprehensive documentation. Now, some of this, I'm going to start with, the, this is a bit of a slice in time statement. So this is 2001. And for any of you who were around back then, including myself, you may recall, you know, very heavy process intensive, high ceremony approaches, things like RUP that were focused on, you know, there'd be a lot of focus on artifacts and phases and workflows and, and, and it became, it started to become uh, where all these intermediary work products, in other words, these things that helped you build product, design artifacts, use cases, whatever, 
um, they, they started to take on more prominence than the product themselves, such that, you know, the end of an iteration, right, or even any cycle, people would be more focused on the artifacts than the product. So, so with that, when you see that statement, so it's, you know, working software over comprehensive documentation, there's, there's a bit of that um, uh, historical bent going on there. And this is, this is my impression of the time, right? So um, on top of that, it's also looking at providing the right level of ceremony to the right type of documentation. So we talk about working, working software in the product, there's documentation that goes with that product. And by, and there's absolutely no way that that is uh, cut back on. So, you know, if you need to write ops guides or, you know, release notes, any of these things, all of that documentation is still needed and it's still part of the product. It tends to be more the documentation that helps you build the product that is more suspect. So any, any type of a requirement doc or an architecture design artifact that helps to inform what you think you're going to build. Well, as it turns out, most of those things ha are, are influential, but they're not predictive of what gets built in product development. Now, when I say influential, I don't want to make it sound like people just run off wild with it. It's as you're inventing or you're coming up with something new, it's not unusual to recognize other opportunities to do things better or flaws in the, in your approach. And so you change that. And what is more valuable then is to be documenting, you know, what you actually built, which tends to go into things like an operations manual and ops guides and run books and those types of things. So, um, it's, it's stressing importance on the right type of documentation in, in Scrum and Agile. It's, but it's, it's less ceremony on the things that aren't going to last or that, that, um, that, that are likely to be more influential as opposed to be pr predictive, right? In terms of development. Um, finally, you're doing things in Scrum, Agile, you're doing them in small batch. And by default in small, when you do small batch, you're only, you're doing a refinement of a product backlog. You're only looking so far ahead. So in, in that mode, you're not doing the big bang documentation that people would have done with waterfall where you've gone out and spend months in rooms and writing, you know, books and books of requirement documents and design and art, design artifacts. Uh, you're doing just enough to get started and then you're continually refining that as you go in small batches, which will, um, which will make it feel like at the beginning, like, oh my gosh, we didn't do as much documentation. And that's true. Um, but on top of that, you'll also be more efficient because by default, doing things in small batch is actually much faster and more efficient. Um, and so you will spend less time doing documentation, even though you're doing the same level of rigor um, and focus on what, what it is you're, um, you're, you're trying to document. Now, finally, um, that just-in-time um, uh, component or, or part of this is also affects how much you need to write down. Because if I'm going to write things down that I'm going to be, I won't be looking at for 18 months, I have, you have to externalize almost everything because you're going to forget. But if what I'm talking about, what I'm looking at, I'm documenting um, is something I'm going to be building, building in maybe two weeks or three weeks, there's less need and there's less worry about, you know, hey, I might forget this or, you know, I, I might not understand what I mean. Uh, by this phrase or by this statement, but when that short short turn turnaround, you tend to tend to need less uh, rigor and less. Um, when I say rigor, it's less um, you know less heaviness in your documentation. So, and that of it is, Scrum Agile certainly does not say no documentation. You need to write a few things down. You will need to. 
Um, you want to be doing it efficiently. You want to do it just in time. And you want to be focusing. Um, you're applying the ceremony and diligence or say ceremony to um, the artifacts that are going to be long lasting with the product. And be careful about over investing in the artifacts that are just intermediary. They're things that help to get you there may inform what you do, but they are not, um, not what you actually do. Now, okay, so the next one, uh, down to two now. Uh, this one is, is that the sprint review is for feedback. Yeah, we have a sprint review and then the customers come and they give us feedback on what they think, how they think we're doing. Now, I, I bring this, I put this in as a myth or a misconception, partly because um, this is, I think it's interpreted sometimes this way that it's, it's giving, letting your customers look and then they just tell you what, what, you, what they think. Um, now, in a sprint review, you actually want people to tell you what they think and you want your customers to tell you this. Uh, but there's more to it than that. Um, the sprint review uh, is, it's, it's, an it's a working meeting with uh, stakeholders to look at this, uh, look at the product increment, understand where it is today, look at where you're likely to be going tomorrow and talk about what's happening outside of the team and figure out what the, which direction you really need to go in. So it's not, this isn't just sort of like, um, you know, hey, we like it, or we're trying to do a net promoter score, thumbs up, thumbs down. It's, um, it's a working meeting um, of people who understand what, where the product needs to go, have deep interest in the direction um, that, it, that they, they think it could go in, and also going to understand what, what the new capabilities are that they're looking at today. Uh, so these are people who are invested in the future of the product. Um, and actively interested in trying to advance it. And so um, this is another one um, I'm putting here as a myth or misconception that it's just for feedback. And it's not just for feedback. It's to inspect and adapt uh, the product and the product increment. So, all right, the last one. Scrum masters must remove all impediments. Now, you know, in fairness, um, in the Scrum Guide, it's part of the role of the Scrum Master, right, to remove impediments. But one of the challenges with this statement uh, is that, well, does this mean any impediment? So, for instance, let's say, um, you know, uh, two members of the team or a member of the team, you know, they're, they get in and let's say somebody new has started and they, they notice that, oh, I don't have a license for a unit testing framework, for instance. Um, got an impediment. So I'll throw that up and hand it off to the Scrum Master. Now, should they, is that something for the uh, Scrum Master to handle? Hopefully you're saying no. Um, <laughs> let's cover another one, right? Uh, let's say two members of the team aren't getting along, right? Uh, let's say um, the tester and uh, the analyst are just not agreeing. Uh, in some uh, in some fashion, something that's ha that's happening with the product and workflow and wor what the work is, and and uh, you know they're bickering about it, arguing about it, and they come to the scrum master, you as a scrum master, let's say, to address this. Like, you know, hey, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. You got to fix them, uh, and vice versa. So again, these are not impediments that you as a scrum master really should be addressing. Um, you want to be careful here, right? Because uh, I'll give you more examples. Let's say the team is missing a skill. Let's say they need a designer and they don't have one. And um, then they come to the scrum master and say, hey, we need a designer. And the answer, hopefully you're saying is, well, no, that's not for you to do. Actually, all of these um, are really the responsibilities of the development team to address. They're not scrum master, they're not impediments for the scrum master to address. Now, 
Um, there, there are there are impediments though that the scrum master does need to do to work work through. So, let's start with um, well, for example, um, you know, let's talk about that designer. So let's say they do need a designer, and they go and they um, they talk to the functional manager. Let's say let's say there's a functional manager, or a line manager. They work they they go and talk to to try to try to get a designer to join their team or find find one, and they're told no, right? We can't get them, and um, so the team says, well, maybe we can go to the street, maybe we find an independent contractor, and then, but they're told, let's say by that line manager, that nope, you can't do that. Not allowed to bring in any designers, um, they have to come through me. Um, so now they're at a bit of an impasse, they've been told by this line manager that, well, they're not gonna provide them any resources, any resources, <laughs> a designer, I should say. Um, but on top of that, they're not also not gonna support them in trying to find a, an independent contractor to help them either. Now, and that's this is a point where, okay, this is an impediment. The team has done their best, right? They've worked at it, um, the, but, you know, they're, they're getting pushback uh, from, you know, people in the organization where, you know, you, you as a scrum master, you're going to want to step in and start to help with this impediment. Still trying, though, to facilitate it with that line manager versus you just going in and making it happen as much as possible, still working with the team so that you're teaching them uh, how to address these uh, challenges. Um, other, there's plenty of examples out there, but it's, you know, there's, there's a point where, you know, most, for the most part, you know, as a scrum master, you want to be avoiding sort of just immediately jumping to removing impediments. Your first, your first approach should be to teach the team to remove it themselves, uh, coach them to remove it themselves, uh, give them ideas on how to do it themselves, um, and let them try. And they're not, and by the way, they're not always going to try what you would do. And that's okay. You got to you got to be good with that. Let that go. Um, but then you also have to um, be careful of jumping in too soon. And but but also be careful of waiting too long because it, there's eventually there's a point where you as a scrum master have to jump in, you know, and and take action right and uh, and actually remove an impediment, um, you know, to to address to address those things of the team is although they've tried their best the organization simply is not going to support them so um so um this is the last one right so you know removing all impediments absolutely not um the you don't remove all impediments um once in a while you do and you have to be aware of the impediments a lot most of the time you're teaching the team to remove their own impediments is really what your role is is for the most part all right so the recap, we had a fun little chat here, didn't we? Um, so we've covered some myths. So the first one is that everyone does everything, and that's not true. So cross-functional is not cross-skilled, although you may end up with some of that, and that's a good thing, but it's not it's not required by Scrum or Agile. Uh, the whole team being 100% committed to the team or product, nope, that's not true. There are advantages, but it may not be practical and uh, re or realistic in some in some environments. Uh, Scrum Master runs the daily Scrum? Absolutely not. That's the development team. The Agile does not recognize certain roles. Not true. Um, it just doesn't define them. Uh, there's a big difference there. Um, you know, there's no such thing as a hardening sprint or a sprint zero in Scrum. They do not exist. In fact, they're, they're anti-patterns. Don't do them. Um, you know, first off, if you need to start your project, just start it, right? Uh, you don't have to you don't have to embed it in a in scrum and if you're running a hardening sprint take a look at your definition of done you need to harden that versus trying to harden your product um, 
You know, you do not only need, no, you can release at any point in Scrum. You don't need to wait to the end of the sprint. You can release any day, any hour, any minute, um, or you could wait several sprints. Uh, it's the end of the sprint is not the point for release. It's not the purpose of it. Uh, there are no pigs and chickens. The daily Scrum is only the, the development team. Um, again, as I already mentioned, so you don't bring other people to it and there are no chickens and stop using that. Pigs and chicken sounds awful. I don't like to call people either. <laughs> uh, let's see. Scrum means no documentation. Absolutely false. There's documentation. Yeah, you hopefully will have a little less. You should be more efficient at this, right? But it definitely does not mean none. Um, sprint review is not just for feedback. It's to inspect and adapt the product. Um, it's a discussion. It's an active collaborative working session, not just feedback. And finally, the Scrum Master's role of removing all impediments is not to remove all impediments. It's to, uh, uh, really, it's to, for the most part, teach the team to remove their own impediments. Um, once in a while, though, they, as a Scrum Master, you will have to get involved and remove some impediments, but not all of them. So with that, that's it. So I hope you enjoyed this one. That's a little fun. Well, hopefully it was fun. My, my little... Uh, coverage of some myths and misconceptions from Scrum and Agile. Uh, so please subscribe to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, will join me again next week as I add more content or more, uh, more podcasts, more episodes. Thanks, everyone, and take care. Bye-bye. Oh,